Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I'm so glad you've joined me for another episode today. And this week on the show, um, I'm going to do something I don't think I don't think I've ever covered this topic before, but um, in the spirit of honesty and sorting through uh, what's actually happening uh, in my own world as a as an e-commerce person, not an operator in quite the same way anymore, but there we go. I want to talk a little bit about context switching and productivity and what I'm doing to manage that. I know I'm not alone in this being a challenge of working between a whole bunch of stuff at once, but as I've gotten into freelancing, um, as, as was the case at 4x400 really, um, I, I've really had to get better at this. And so there's a few things I'm doing that have helped me quite a bit, and so I'm gonna share those uh, with as much clarity as possible. I'm not amazing at this yet, but I can actually really sense myself moving in the right direction here. I'm definitely getting better and definitely better than when I started this. So, um, so I'm gonna talk about what I'm doing, how I'm managing that, and maybe there'll be one or two things that will be helpful for you. Uh, if you're a super productive person who doesn't need any help in this area and never gets distracted, well, uh, you could turn this episode off. <laughs> but for the rest of us mere mortals, maybe it'll be some help as you sort through it, uh, as I am not naturally the kind of person who just sits down and bangs out hours of focused work all the time, the way that those rare uh, uh, few among us are. So I uh, hope this will be some help to you. Hang in, we'll talk about it. This is going to be kind of a, an eight things, tips and tricks kind of episode, I think. Um, but I think a lot of people experience this, that, that um, you know, if you're working for an agency, you're constantly context switching, um, you know, working between brands and, and clients. If you're freelancing, same thing. Uh, you know, if you're in an aggregator like I was before, you know, I was constantly switching between uh, 4x400 brands. Um, and, and even if you're not, even if you're just on a brand side working on one um working on one brand at a time, there's different jobs that come up and figuring out how to um, manage moving from one project to another effectively is just hard. Um, and so so I'm going to tell you about what I've learned in this. The thing is, at 4x400, this was, this was a problem, right? I had to work through this there, um, both because it's normal and also because uh, we had a bunch of brands. But the way it developed at 4x400, um, I just didn't really... I wasn't... Um, I don't know. I think I was less conscious of it because, you know, you add a brand here and there and uh, and take away a brand and it just sort of shifts and changes and, and it all sort of happened a little bit over time. But when I made the switch to freelancing, it was a big sudden change in how my work happened. Um, I had to sort of suddenly manage my calendar across clients and not from the perspective of an agency with where my, you know, calendar across clients was shared with everybody at the agency uh, you know, and, and now I'm working, part of my work is with an agency, so I'm in their system, and, and then I'm also kind of working between Slack accounts, between different brands, and, and something about that shift really kind of made me reconsider this uh, in a bunch of different ways. And part of it is just sort of, I have enough work to do that I have to get productive, otherwise I'm not going to get it all done. So I have eight things that have helped me here. I don't know that all of them will help you, but some of them might, and so let me tell you um, what I've done to sort of manage this, okay? So... Um, the first of these is my simple software stack. So number one, um, I am working between all the time three tools. Uh, I use Asana, which I used at 4x400 for, for project management uh, on the whole. So I got really used to Asana. And what I've found is that just using a personal account for Asana to manage um, stuff across clients has been really helpful. Uh, thankfully, two of my clients also use Asana. Um, so I can switch over to those accounts as well, which is nice. But uh, I'm just using it actually even for my own sort of task management, project management kind of stuff. 
um, between between clients. So I use Asana for daily task management. Uh, I can jot all kinds of notes there. I like Asana quite a bit. It's my favorite of the project management tools that I've worked with. Um, number two, I use Google Calendar for everything. I think that's probably obvious to a lot of people. And number three, I use Google Keep. Um, so for non-work task management, I use Google Keep. For work task management, I use Asana. I've actually considered putting everything into Asana and just like having my life run on Asana. Um, although I like to have some separation there between work and not work. I don't want to pull up my Asana task list all the time. You know, if it's seven o'clock at night and I'm remembering that I need to go to the grocery store because it's on my list, but then I also see this project I'm working on and I'm trying to create some work-life separation, um, work-life balance, whatever. Uh, and so, but yeah, having that as like my, my daily task management where I am every single day sorting by due date, I'm putting in due dates on tasks that I'm working on. Um, and then just sorting by that as the way to manage my tasks relative to importance and relative to the value of the clients and all those things has been crucial. So I don't think that'll be crazy news to anybody else, but that's been important. With Google Calendar, um, the big challenge there is managing my calendar where it's shared and going across calendars. And so because I have a calendar set up in Common Thread Collective separate from my personal calendar, um, I, I another big thing I do is I make a point of on my shared calendar with Common Thread Collective, if you are working with shared calendars with people, um, I just regularly block out times where I have another meeting with someone else or where I just where I just want to block the time out because I just don't want to schedule anything else there because I want that to be focus time or whatever, you know. So right now, like I have Friday after 1.30 blocked for my Common Thread Collective calendar. Nobody can schedule a meeting with me then. And I don't have anything really in that spot, but I just want to keep that time available for myself. Um, before 9am, it is just blocked. Just nobody should try and schedule a meeting with me. And that matters because of course, some I'm on the West coast and some people are on the East coast. And so they should just know it's just not a time where I'm available. And so using your calendar to mark out times availability is good. I've also known a lot of people who have actually blocked like deep focus times where they'll just say like, here's two hours. Don't bug me. No meeting scheduled during that time. And that works too. Um, so that's, that's number one, simple software stack. We'll move on. Number two, uh, I want to talk about communication tools. I'm going to talk about them in two separate buckets. The first bucket is Slack. So that'll be number two is just how you use Slack. And here's the thing. If you, like me, are working across multiple Slack accounts or just generally use Slack as your way of communicating with people remotely in an ongoing way, here is what you must try to do as best as possible. You must try to build the expectation that you do not respond immediately on Slack. It is, as, as the Basecamp people, you know, have, have pointed out a lot of times, um, it is a productivity destroyer. Most work that really eats up your time requires deep focus um, in some way or another. And so um, if, you, if you begin to live in a world of all the time on Slack, uh, it just destroys you. Um, now, Here's the problem is that you you very very well may be in an organization where that's the organizational expectation. And so you're really swimming upstream there. Um, anything you can do to fight that, do it. Whether that's just that you are in a position. I mean, if you're a coordinator level person or something, you, you might not have this ability. You might just have to keep Slack on. Voice it to your managers though and tell people, this is, this is working against my ability to, to be productive. Um, give, set boundaries for yourself in some way or another. I'm gonna talk about how I do that in a second. Um, anything you can do, though, 
to make it so that you don't respond immediately on Slack really helps. The things that eat up my time and that, that make it hard for me to be productive is when I spend an hour responding to Slacks and, and checking Twitter and doing all of these little things and suddenly an hour slipped away or half hour slipped away or whatever and I do 15 minutes of a project but actually I was really doing all this other stuff in the way and at the end of that time, I didn't actually get anything done. It wasn't that important for me to respond to those things right then and there. It really didn't accomplish the kinds of work I want. And so it just saps my productivity in a way that then stresses me out and creates anxiety in my life because now I have wasted that time and didn't get anything done. Um, so as anything you can do, one simple thing, of course, to do, and people point this out all the time, is that if you need to send a Slack and, um, and it's going to be off work hours, the, my strong suggestion is that you schedule that Slack, right? So that, so that if you're going to send the Slack, send it for scheduled for the next morning or whatever. It's a really easy feature in Slack and really convenient. That way you set the expectation that you're not slacking in off hours as well. All right, number three. Uh, number three, uh, similarly, but slightly different set of communication tools, email, DMs, for me that's Twitter, DMs, LinkedIn. Um, those are things that I try to make a point of checking once a day. I'm worst about this with Twitter just because it's one of those things that saps productivity for me in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, I, I think Twitter Twitter is an important tool for me and a lot, and I love Twitter, but um, but it can really be consuming. Um, emails like that for some people. LinkedIn, I think, can be like that for some people. What I've done is I've just created a daily task for myself to check all three of those. I check them off, and I have no expectation for myself to check them more than once a day. Now, for again, for some people, the email culture is such that um, is such that I like you just can't not email people all day. The expectation is that you email really fast. I think that tends to be more corporate than a lot of the the world that I live in. Um, but that's the case. Again, you may be swimming upstream there. But if you can make a point of making your expectation, it's a daily check and not more. And again, set the expectation that you do not respond immediately. That's great. What people know about me is that if they need me immediately, uh, texting or calling is the way to do that. And I only give that number to the people who like really would need that, right? Um, but for those tools, I'm making it a daily task to check them so that I'm on them, so that I'm not totally unresponsive. I might check them twice a day or something like that. But I have also, and this applies to Slack as well, eliminated all of those notifications as push notifications on my phone. Um, so, um, so I can check it as much as 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 much as I want to. Uh, but there's no push notification on any of those. Those that those two things, setting the expectation of a daily or maybe twice daily or even three times daily, is not the end of the world. Check um, versus an always on push notified, break up your time kind of thing is important. I probably should have a separate ta thing in here for controlling your push notifications. I'll, I'll talk about phones in general in a second, but, um, but that's a crucial thing. Number four. Um, okay, this is going to get outside of the world of software and that sort of stuff. Number four, uh, a little more broadly, uh, standing desk. A standing desk really, really helped me. I didn't really, I mean, I've used standing desks in the past only actually in an office, but I got a standing desk. I actually got an extender of my regular desk for my home desk and for my home office. And I really didn't anticipate how much that would, how much that would help me. Um, it just eliminated the lethargy of sitting in a chair all day long. It's good for you too, of course, health-wise, it's great. Um, but having a standing desk has made it so that I'm a little more active. I'll put on headphones in my uh, work, in my home office because my I live in LA, so I don't have uh, 
So houses are expensive. So I don't have a giant house and I have small kids and I can hear them. And so um, doing something to eliminate some of that noise has been really good. But, but also um, uh, a standing desk has really helped me just, I think, keep my mind a little active, move around a little bit. Um, I, I find if I need to sit, I can, of course, um, uh, on calls, it's helped me as well. It just, I think works against the sort of passivity that happens when I sit. So I don't know if that'll be the case for everybody else, but for me, that's been a really, really big help. If you're not using a standing desk, uh, if you want to, um, cons- or if you've been considering it, my recommendation would be to go for it. Um, on the, I, I, again, that's even before you talk about the health benefits, which I, I haven't really seriously looked into. So I know it matters for some people, uh, or, or it can matter. Um, the, the other challenge, or th- my past with a standing desk was always in an actual office setting, and it didn't seem to make as much of a difference for me there, because I was a little more active interacting with other humans <laughs> in, uh, in general. And so I would get up and move around and go talk to somebody or tap somebody on the shoulder or whatever, uh, and, and that mattered for me. But in, in a remote setting, it, I've found it to be really, really useful because it helps me move around and not just sit all day. I think it's, I think it's been a major element of my productivity. Uh, getting helped. Uh, number five, uh, alongside that, I'm going to talk about a sort of productivity focus plan. And that is something called the Pomodoro method, the Pomodoro plan, uh, P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O, Pomodoro. Um, I was unfamiliar with this. I don't even know how I came across it. Some of you might already use this, but the basic idea of the Pomodoro, Pomodoro plan is almost like a workout. You work in sets with scheduled rest. So, um, so the Pomodoro plan is that you work in 25-minute sets. Uh, I think there's maybe other variations of this, but for me, the 25 this is the standard way, and it's been helpful. 25-minute set, 5-minute rest. And the usual way this works is 25-minute set, 5-minute rest. You do four of those, and you take a longer rest after that. Um, the uh, That almost never is how I actually function because I have calls that break up those those sets or my children come, my, my toddler comes home from preschool. I get out and say hi to him for 10 minutes or whatever. And, and so I've kind of got some other scheduled rest that happens throughout the day, but as a basic way of breaking up multiple hours of no calls where I'm trying to be productive, um, 25 minutes on five minutes off has been very, very helpful to me. And I do a couple things with that time. Uh, so, so for one thing, it makes work feel more manageable. If there's a task that's really looming in my head and, um, and I know it's an important thing to get done, but I just don't want to work on it. Knowing that I only have to focus for 25 minutes, it really helps me. Uh, again, similar to maybe how a workout would work sometimes. You, you kind of, I don't know if you ever have that feeling if you're going to do a workout where you go, this is going to be so hard. But then if you remember that it's, you know, it's a 15 minute workout or something like that, it's like, okay, I can do anything for 15 minutes, right? So, and there's a similar thing here, I think, where I go, I don't really want to do this work right now. It's looming really large in my head. I'm going to work on it for 25 minutes and then I have five minutes of rest and I can, and I can step away from it, you know, for a little bit. And that really helps me kind of with that element. It also, I think really helps me mentally recharge from sort of that deep focus kind of thing. I'm just, again, I'm not the kind of person who can just sit down and get lost in a project for two hours. Most times, sometimes, but most times I'm not. So having that is really good. And I'll tell you, and this is, um, this is going to be, I mean, <laughs> this feels foolish to me and maybe a way that I don't know. I don't know. If, relative to the vulnerability I've shared on this show before, this might be even more vulnerable. But another thing I've come to do with this time is just give myself um, in those five-minute rests. I try not to be on my computer in those five-minute rest times. And what I do instead is I'll give myself little sort of five-minute 
fitness challenges. This is also a life stage thing for me. Um, again, I know this might sound silly, um, but it's a way to be in my body and to be active and to not be lost in a computer screen. Um, and life stage, like I said, um, I have a three-month-old and a, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And so I do not have a lot of time outside of work hours to go get a workout in. It's just not realistic at this stage in my life most times. I get in one or two in a week if I can, um, but I really love working out. I love being um, active. I feel good afterwards. And so it's it's something that's really re, re, uh, that recharges me. So I've been trying to find some way to get some movement. And what I found is working during during those five minutes of rest, I will just give myself a little challenge. Three minutes, how many pull-ups can I get? in three minutes. Um, and you know what, over the last, you know, doing that 20 times or whatever, the number's getting better. So I'm, I'm getting a little stronger and that's, that's just a, it's a fun way to reinforce the challenge. Um, how fast can I get 50 pushups? And that's not a huge number or anything like that, but like, you know, pushups are hard for me. I don't know. And so, uh, so there you go. Um, those kinds of things, I'll do a plank for three minutes or something like that. And and it's just a little simple thing, and it move it moves me. It gets me into my body. It gets me away from a screen, and then I get back up, and I find I'm able to kind of lock back into work pretty effectively by doing that. So, um, so the Pomodoro method, including that little variation of having some rest uh, or having some physical activity when I rest, has been helpful. Uh, that's number five. Okay, uh, number six. Uh, let's step back. Um, uh, or let's think a little bit more broadly about distractions. Uh, related to what I was saying earlier, I have two very small children and not a very big house. I actually don't even have a door on my office. Um, and and so that's just the warehouse is laid out. So what I have to do to focus is put on headphones and blast music in them. For whatever reason for me right now, that hasn't been the sort of like uh, vibey, calm music that people use a lot of times for work. For me recently, that's been a playlist that's like, Rage Against the Machine, and I don't know why. I just, it's kept me a little bit more, um, maybe it's because I'm standing and I'm, I'm moving around a little bit. It's been a little bit more active, and I've found that's really helped me. Um, I have never worked, I've never done work to with that kind of music before, but that's what it's been. Um, and and so for me, that's really been effective. It's it's actually made a huge difference for me to, to do that, to eliminate the distractions. Um, you know, there's some ways... Uh, if my, if my kids are home, my, you know, my wife, my kids, they know like, okay, well, Andrew's, you know, dad's at work. And so, and, and they, they do a great job of respecting that as much as they can, but there's only so much you can do. I'm seriously considering renting an office at some point here, but doing something to make it so that you can be as distraction free as possible is really helpful. Some people really like a coffee shop for this reason. Some people don't, some, you know, it's, it's it actually is a distracting place in its own way and so on. And so, um, eliminating those distractions as much as possible is crucial. This is also where I will argue against having a bajillion tabs open. Um, for me, I just have to shut down anything that's like a, you know, I use group me for some group messaging with some friends and I just have to turn that off while I'm working. I have to, otherwise I will go and jump over to when I see the notifications coming, even on the tab on the computer, if I'm not using it on my phone, um, that I just, I'll just go look. I have to keep my, for me, it's my fantasy baseball team. I have to keep that away Otherwise, I'll go look at all of that kind of stuff or Twitter or whatever it is. Um, but you just have to shut those kinds of things down. It just it matters to do that uh, and to eliminate those distractions. So whatever you have to do to eliminate whatever the distractions are for you, do it. Notifications, like I said, could be part of that. Um, you know, my phone's on silent um, and, and not in my pocket. I don't hear it buzz, all those kinds of things. You simply cannot focus on work that needs focusing on. Um, and most of this work does. Most of this work is not super easy uh, you can't do it if you're distracted all the time. It's just too difficult. 
Number seven, to step back more broadly, uh, I think there's another element uh, of this, which is uh, that that uh, the ability to focus, I think, is a muscle. And the, the challenge of working out that muscle is that if you live your whole life where you are constantly distracted, constantly on your phone, unable to sit quietly with your thoughts, uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be really hard to do that at work too. And this is so hard for me. I am not a monk. <laughs> I am not the kind of person who is walking around just silently being centered all the time. I know meditation has been really helpful for a lot of people in this regard. Um, I've never been able to be the kind of person who really locks into that to meditation. It's I've tried multiple times to get into it. For me, it's just never been something that has really stuck. So uh, I don't know, maybe I'll try it again. Uh, maybe I'm using the wrong, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But, um, but doing, I'm starting to get really serious about thinking about how I build up the muscle of being alone with my thoughts, uh, of, of being less distracted, of having less inputs in general in my life. And so this is well beyond work. But what my, my experience is, is that when I am super distracted all the time and less present with myself and with the people around me all the time, I have the same attitude at work. I just come in and I'm, I'm just so, so distracted. Um, and so that's a challenge too. Uh, so I just, uh, I just recommend that as you start thinking more broadly about this in your life, one area that I will say reinforces this, and this probably could be its own number here, but I said there'd be eight, so this is number seven. So here we go. Uh, one area that I think could reinforce this is to think about your sleep. Um, I have found it's especially hard. It's especially hard to focus when I'm tired. And there are some times when life is life and, you know, you, you just can't get all the sleep that you want. And this is where the sort of like Tim Ferriss optimize everything kind of crew, it sounds great to me, but um, man, I have two very small kids. Like I said, there's just no world in which I am sleeping eight hours a night right now, totally undistracted. But you know what I've had to do um, in my life is, is I've had to just make a point of getting to bed earlier. And I often don't want to. I want to stay up longer and you know my kids are finally asleep. I finally got some time to myself. And so I just want to goof around for a little bit when they're when they're in bed, and um, and and this life stage really is crazy in that respect, you know. And so so I I just want to do that, but I I'm trying to get into the discipline of saying like I'm going to sleep as much as I possibly can because I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night with it with it with an infant and um and he's going to have to eat, and so I'm gonna and I'm not gonna and my wife doesn't do that every night, so we you know we trade off all that kind of stuff. So there's there's just those kinds of challenges. That, um, that you have to work through. But man, it really matters for my ability to focus on difficult work if I haven't slept well. And on that note, um, uh, similarly, one more reinforcement along this same line, sort of building this broader muscle of focus, uh, alcohol intake really matters here too. Um, there's simply no question that uh, drinking more alcohol is going to negatively affect your sleep quality. Uh, it just it just is studied and clear and as true as it's obvious as possible. I wear a whoop, you know, for me, getting that feedback really helped. Uh, and so cutting back even on sort of like, not even talking about like getting hammered every night. I just mean a couple of, you know, maybe, maybe have a couple beers with dinner and after or whatever, or a cocktail right before bed, uh, you know, for some people, one drink is not as big of a deal and the timing of it matters and all that kind of stuff and, and all of this stuff like a whoop or an aura ring or whatever wearable can really help you get that feedback yourself. I have found measuring that has reinforced it for me. Uh, but cutting back on my drinking to um, to just make it so that I'm 
being a little more careful about that so that, so that I don't get as bad of sleep, which then reinforces for me uh, the ability to focus during the day has been really helpful. So, um, so uh, all of those things, building the general focus muscle is what I'm talking about here. There's a lot of ways to attack that. Okay, one last thing. One last thing, number eight. And this is almost just more of an encouragement than anything else. And it's this, when you are doing something new, it takes time to learn it and to get good at it. And this is something that I've really experienced as I've freelanced for clients, which is that um, adding new stuff, uh, adding new work and new clients always takes a little bit of time to get used to the systems and the data and all those things. And so if you can, as best as possible, just stick it out through that learning process, these things will get a little bit easier and you'll get better and more proficient at them and therefore you'll get more productive. So those eight things are there. Hopefully that's some help to you. Um, and, uh, and I'm, and, uh, and maybe you can tell me also your super productivity tips. If you're the, if you're the productivity master, I would love to hear it. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. I thought the best way to close this off would be, <laughs> would be to bring my two and a half year old LaRue onto the, onto the end here, because I thought in an episode about distractions, uh, holding him and having him talk through the outro with me would be, uh, would be a fitting end. So. I hope that was helpful to you, and if it was, uh, then uh, love if you would give us a share and a, and a review and all those kinds of things. You can also hear the sound of the infant crying in the background. Uh, so productivity is hard, people. Staying away from distractions is hard. Larue, do you want to say anything? Say say anything on the microphone. What do you want to say? Hi. You want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time. All right. Thanks, buddy.